Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com insights. What follows may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world is full of stories. Stories of mysteries. Of curiosities. Of oddities. Join Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. Hey everybody, hard to believe this is the fourth Halloween special that we've had on the box of oddities. Hello and welcome. And uh, we thought probably the best way to start this particular episode is to um, tell you a ghost story that that we experience not too long ago. Now, we touched base on this a little bit when we talked about our trip to Tampa, but we didn't really get into the the ins and outs of the Tampa ghostie that we interacted with. So I thought um, we should do that. And then you were like, we should do that. And I was like, I just said that. And, <laughs> yep. and then you were like, I said it first. Yeah. And then she punched me in the arm. What? And uh, so anyway, we went over to see uh, Tampa Bay Rays Red Sox postseason baseball game. And uh, this was uh, the 8th of 7th or 8th of October. And we stayed at La Meridian Hotel which is a beautiful old building. In fact, it was a, the original federal courthouse that was built in 1905. And they did a wonderful job when they made it into the hotel, keeping as many original pieces as possible. And we think that maybe that had something to do with the kind of energy and vibe staying the same in this building. Yeah, and, and energy is a great way to put it. We checked into our room and then we went down to uh, get some dinner. And as we were walking by one specific area, and we were in the section where um, it, it used to be, well, the court room was on that floor right but the judges chambers were was kind of like over by our hotel room and then the hallway leading to um the place where we go to like the elevator and the dining room was kind of like the courtroom area we were walking through the hallway area and i went whoa and you said do you feel that we both felt this chill I mean, it was overwhelming. It was a feeling of dread, a feeling of of anxiety or anxiousness, but it felt physically cold. And every time we walked by that one spot on the way to the elevator, 
We felt that. We got full body shivers, including goosebumps. And there were uh, opportunities for us to kind of test each other um, in the hallway. Like, okay, well, is this, are you feeling it now? And it was like, no, I didn't feel it at the exact same spot. I felt it in a different spot. And so we would kind of test each other. And I said, was it by room 211? And you were like, yes. Yeah, yeah. And Haggis would stop in the hallway. And didn't want to walk through there. So we spoke with a, a longtime uh, hotel employee. Uh, my name is Navid Chacon. I'm the super, um, supervisor for food and beverage. I'm um, also the lead bartender as well. And she, we told her the story and she knew exactly, almost before we even finished, what part of the hotel that uh, that we were talking about. Oh yeah, that's Charlie. And she knew exactly why we felt that. Well, because those rooms, it was judge chambers, and also the bathroom over there, it was a jail. Pretty much you keep a person right there, so that just that's what you feel. That's wow. the energy of uh, being, uh, you know, being in the right place, and then, but you know that you did something wrong. Yeah. So she told us the story of Charlie Wall. Charlie Wall, uh, was a gangster from the uh, early part of the century, right up through about the 50s. And he ran gambling and prostitution and uh, rum running. Allegedly. Allegedly. And he did this quite successfully, allegedly, for uh, several decades until the early 50s. And he retired. At that point, some rival gangs came in and took over the uh, the territory. That's when Charlie turned state's witness, state's evidence, and testified against the guys who took over. That's dangerous in that line of work. And then he knew, because I know that his boss threatened him, you're not going to leave. Yeah. The day of the hearing, he was up and down, up and down of those stairs, and he was very... Very anxious, I want to do this, because that's the energy that you can feel about it. And the door, I swear to God, the door, you can hear the door open and close, everything. And I'm about yourself, my back to the door, and I just feel that somebody coming in and out, and in and out. And I was like, oh my God, Charlie. And you can really feel this presence. You can feel him there. Uh, I have one of those little ghost finder apps <laughs> that I was just playing around mm -hmm. with. And I walked through one section by the front door, the front stairway to the uh, the main staircase to what was the courtroom at the time. And it said entity detected because Charlie died there violently that day. But he's still here super present. Like he's stuck in the look because after he did the testimony, he got out and the bus and the hooker killed in the stairs. Yes, that's what he did. So he was he was shot down on the steps. Yes, he was shot down on the stairs. So unfortunately, he got he got his wish, but at the same time, he just stay here with us. And I feel that that, that was it for a month. Yeah. So with us, it was kind of a feeling mm. that that we had. But she claims that uh, not only her, but some of her fellow workers can not only feel Charlie, but they've seen him. One day, he appears, and he's a very slender guy, very handsome guy, very tall, and he's just walking around and watching the cafe kind of thing, and then when I get to, I pass the column and I watch and I know what is there. Wow. <laughs> and that's what I, okay, nice to meet you, Charlie, I got you. <laughs> no, what's interesting is she says that he kind of hangs out 
um, near the front stairs where I detected a uh, an entity, <laughs> which is where he was shot down, I guess, according to her. But with an incredible history like this building, of course, Charlie's not the only ghosty hanging out. And then we got um, some other activities on the fourth floor, too. I was doing a ballroom um, banquet kind of thing, and I put the chairs up. And then when I come back, the chair was down again. Like, okay, <laughs> thank you. Now, if it were me working in a place like that, I think that, uh, well, maybe over time I would get used to it. Mm. Um, but I don't think I could be quite as gutsy as, as she is when she talks to them. <laughs> Dude, I'm working. Thank you. <laughs> and the girl upstairs are just like, hey, go play with somebody else. Obviously, this uh, this woman is uh, is quite intuitive. Right, which is probably why she might have, uh, how you say, balls. <laughs> she apparently gets this uh, skill or gift, if you will, from her grandmother. Uh, she can see and um, I stuck to people that pass in, I hope people to pass in, and um, I can still see her when in my dreams, so we still have that connection. She showed me that that is not the end of the road, it's just the beginning, and then you just come back in some hand somewhere, so I do believe in that. And we are still energy, you know, and the energy that we are standing on those buildings is there with us, too. Yeah. So I do believe in those kind of things, and, and just part of me. So La Meridian Hotel in Tampa, in the old federal courthouse, it is haunted. <laughs> and I just want to take a sec and say thank you so much to everyone at La Meridian who was so generous with their time, not just about, you know, the ghosties, but also the history of the building. We got uh, some incredible information about when it was built and the pieces that were original. Oh, and also uh, the incredible drinks that those bartenders were making. Oh, they were slinging some good ones. Including Sean, yeah. uh, who, who made me some custom stuff that I just loved. And I learned I like gin. You know, it's weird. That was Charlie's favorite drink. You made that up. And your last name is Walls. His last name is Wall. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> anyway, it was great fun and uh, a fascinating stay. Our first story comes from Kelly. I have a story for you that happened about 20 years ago. And it actually involves my son, uh, who was two and a half at the time. I really hope he uh, doesn't listen to this podcast because I don't know if he even remembers this or if he would even want to remember what happened. When I was a child... My grandfather used to read to me all the time. He was my pop. Not grandpa, not papa, pop. When I got a little too big for his lap, I would sit on the arm of his lazy boy and lean into him, tuck my legs under his knees, and he would read to me. We did this all the time. He passed away in 1998. And I had my son at the end of 1999. About two and a half years later, I was home alone with my son. I was in one of the bedrooms and he was in his bedroom, just kind of playing on his own. And I could just start hearing him talking to someone. It was that kind of conversation. You can't exactly hear the words, but it sounded like he maybe was on a phone. He would speak. And then he'd wait 
and then he'd reply. And it went on for about 20 minutes or so. And when I finally wandered down the hall and stuck my head in, I had a little moment of panic because I saw him sitting on the arm of an old wooden rocking chair. This arm should not have been supporting his weight. It should have tipped right over the way he was perched up on it. But he was just sitting there and had a book open in his lap. I asked him, what you doing, bud? And he looked at me and he said, I'm just reading. And I'm like, okay, what you reading? He goes, Pop is reading me a story. And I stopped and I said, who? He goes, you know, Pop. To which he looked back at the chair and said, okay. And he stood up and he closed the book and he walked past me and put the book back in the bookcase. And he says, Pop says he'll see us later and we'll read tonight. And off he went down the hallway and I was left there dumbfounded because I had no idea he knew that my grandfather was named Pop and I have no idea how he sat on the edge of that chair in the exact way that I would have sat on my Pop's lap. Sounds like Pop is uh, looking out for the family after all these years. Well, reading is so important and we got to carry on those <laughs> yeah. traditions. That's true. Man, we got some great stories this year. We really did. Uh, this one comes from Texas. Hey, Kat and Jethro. My name's Brady. I've been listening to you guys since 2018, and I have listened to every single episode, some of them, many of them, more than once. Uh, love what you guys do. Anyways, uh, here's my Halloween story. A couple of years ago, I was living with my now ex-wife, and because we were splitting up, we were sleeping in the same house but separate bedrooms. She went out with a friend one weekend to uh, Austin, Texas, and she saw a psychic and did some other um, paranormal adventuring, if you will. And she came back and told me about it. I didn't think anything of it. I'm going to sleep in my bed, and she's going to sleep in her bed across the house. I know that I had the bedroom door closed, and I was laying there, and I uh, was having a hard time going to sleep. I heard the bedroom door open, and I look, and I saw it opening. This female figure, this woman, uh, who I thought was my ex, opened the door and walked across over to my side of the bed and stood right next to me about where my waist is and just kind of stood there. I tried to call out uh, her name and I noticed that I couldn't speak. I couldn't move at all. So I guess you could say this is a sleep paralysis story, but it's a, it's a bit different than the traditional night hag. This one didn't, didn't get on top of me or hold me down. It just stood there. It was a solid figure. It was in a white lacy dress, and it had straight black hair going down about breast length, and it covered her face. 
When I noticed that I couldn't speak or move, I also noticed that it was not my ex-wife. Panic set in, and I started to scream, as or try to scream as loud as I could, to no avail. I tried to thrash, I tried to do anything I could, and finally this jolt went through me. All of a sudden I can move, and when I blinked and looked back where the figure was, everything was gone. My heart was beating about a thousand miles per hour. I was just freaking out. I had no idea what had just happened. I turned the lights on and everything, and I, I truly didn't, didn't even freak out the hardest until I noticed that in real life, or whatever you want to call it, that my bedroom door had indeed been opened. I couldn't sleep the rest of the night. The twist to the story, or uh, the catch, is when I confronted my ex about it a couple days later, because I didn't, I didn't know how to process what happened, she turned white as a ghost and freaked out because the exact same thing happened to her about 30 minutes prior to my encounter. I just got to say, I'm getting uh, goosebumps right now telling you guys the story. It's not one that I tell to a lot of people, but that's my, that's my experience with, uh, I guess, sleep paralysis or some other paranormal being. His description of the, uh, what he saw, the night hag mm. or his vision or whatever, having wearing a, uh, a lacy nightgown with just her long black hair hanging in front of her face. It sounds like uh, Insidious or something <laughs> like that, doesn't it? Or Sinister, one of those movies. Thanks so much, Brady, for sharing. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industry shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. When Johann Rahl received the letter on Christmas Day, 1776, he put it away to read later. Maybe he thought it was a season's greeting and wanted to save it for the fireside. But what it actually was, was a warning, delivered to the Hessian colonel, letting him know that General George Washington was crossing the Delaware and would soon attack his forces. 
The next day, when Raw lost the Battle of Trenton and died from two Colonial Boxing Day musket balls, the letter was found, unopened in his vest pocket. As someone with 15,000 unread emails in his inbox, I feel like there's a lesson there. Oh well, this is The Constant, a history of getting things wrong. I'm Mark Chrysler. Every episode, we look at the bad ideas, mistakes, and accidents that misshaped our world. Find us at ConstantPodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. We have had submissions for this year's Halloween special from all over the world. Hi, Kat and Jethro and the Freak family. This is Kaniki from Aotearoa, New Zealand. I just wanted to share an experience that I had once with you for Halloween. I hope you enjoy the story. It began on a warm summer evening about 20 years ago. My boyfriend and I were headed out to a beach on the west coast of Auckland. So to get to this beach, it's about an hour's drive from the city, most of which is spent crossing the Waitakere Ranges. This is a 17,000 hectare forest park, and New Zealand forest is dense. Like, there are walking tracks through it, but many a search and rescue operation has occurred for people who stray from the tracks in our forests. It's dense bush. So the drive out at dusk was fine. We spent a lovely evening making a fire at the beach. And by about 2.30 a.m. it was getting cold and we were ready to head back to the city. So we're driving back along the winding roads, back across the saddle, through the bush, when we get to a straight bit of road. And up ahead, we see a hitchhiker step out onto the road. Our first thought was, where the f*** did this guy come from? Just remember it's 3am now and we're in the middle of a forest park. It's isolated. There's no one around. There's nothing around. So we think maybe he's in trouble. Like maybe he needs a hand and so we start to slow down. And as we approached, this is what we saw. The man, if he was a man, was wearing nothing but a hospital gown. No shoes, no pants, just a hospital gown. He had no hair, not one hair on his body that I could see, no eyebrows, nothing on his head, and his skin was white. He had this grin on his face that showed all of his teeth, with his red lips pulled back. And I mean all of his teeth. It was a maniacal f***ing grin that said, I'm going to kill you and eat your f***ing spleens. And we'd slowed right down by now. So as we did, and we took this guy in, our foggy brains trying to register what we were looking at, we got scared. Like, this fear was creeping over us. And I'm freaking out that my boyfriend is actually going to stop for this guy. And I'm like, speed up. Speed up. Speed the f*** up, man! And we accelerate away from this guy. And to this day, I cannot explain who or what we saw that night. We left him standing there with his thumb out in the middle of a dark, dark forest at three in the morning. And it still gives me the creeps. I hope you enjoyed the story. 
Aroha Noe Freak family, big, big love. That, the imagery of that just freaks me right the fuck out. Also, could you please, like, narrate audiobooks or something? What a gorgeous voice you have. Yeah, thanks for that submission. Um, uh, I will not sleep tonight, but thanks for that submission. (laughs) I think that the the beauty of the voice really kind of counteracted it. <laughs> it was like Celine Dion singing me a Goosebumps novel. <laughs> now, this next story struck me because of the area that uh, that it was in. She she talks about living near uh, a desert area, and I lived in Arizona for a long time, and I could picture mm. as she was describing what happened to her. Hi, Kat and Jethro. This is Noelle from Sacramento. Thank you so much for putting on the box of oddities every week. It gives us freaks a much-needed break from the humdrum of the world right now. Without further ado, here's my story. We moved to Black Star Canyon when I was about 13 years old, specifically a brand new track housing community nestled within Black Star Canyon called Horse Thief Canyon. Turns out not just our house was haunted, but the entire community was haunted. When I first moved in, I started noticing things right away. Shadows moving up and down the halls, footsteps that weren't my family's, doors opening and closing on their own and my little sister started having terrible night terrors. And honestly, if that had been all, I think I could have dealt with it. After all, what are some disembodied footsteps and an occasional door opening going to do to hurt you or anything? After two years, we moved into a different home within the same community. Our house had its backyard backed up against a national forest so we could look out our back windows and see this beautiful desert landscape. It was like shrubbery, quail, coyotes, bobcats, that kind of thing. That's when I started seeing what I called the backwards. When they first started appearing, I thought I was just seeing things or rather not seeing things, like missing details in glances. But they started coming around more and more frequently and eventually I wasn't just seeing them out of the corner of my eye. I would see them pacing our back fence. They looked like coyotes, but wrong. They would always be missing their eyes. Sometimes they would be missing their mouths or their mouths would stretch halfway down their neck. Sometimes their legs or their feet would be backwards. I stopped going into the backyard. I loved to hike and hop our fence, go on the trails, but I just couldn't do it anymore. It bothered me that my dog was going out there too, but my parents didn't believe me. They thought I had an overactive imagination and The doggy's gotta do her doggy business outside. Eventually, I started to feel uncomfortable in the house. Whatever was pacing the fence, staring at our house week after week felt like, I don't know, there was a shift. It felt closer. I would still hear the footsteps of heavy boots on a wood floor right outside my door in a carpeted hallway. I would still have doors creak open from the other side of the house, but now the shadows seemed bigger. They seemed more permanent. One day, I was dressed and ready to head to school. I ran downstairs to grab breakfast, and I ran past my sleeping dog on the big bottom step, nestled in her usual corner, but facing the wall instead of out towards the living room. I didn't think anything of it and rounded the corner and entered the kitchen, where I was greeted by my actual dog. I froze, tears welled up in my eyes. I couldn't speak, I didn't know what to do, Whatever it was was inside my house, and now it looked like my dog. 
I stood there, my dog at my feet, not knowing what to do. My sister stopped eating breakfast. She was seven, I think, at the time, still having terrible night terrors, and I didn't want to scare her. So I swallowed hard and told her that nothing was wrong, and that day I used the garage door to leave because I couldn't bring myself to walk by the stairs again. That weekend, I was babysitting my sister. We were both sitting on the couch with our backs to the stairs, watching a kid's show. My sister jumped up from the couch and shouted, Dad's home! Before she could make it halfway up the stairs, I managed to tell her that no one else was home. She grabbed the railing and slunk down to the floor. Her eyes doubled in size. And after a beat, she moved so quickly, faster than I've ever seen her move before, as she just collapsed into my arms. She was crying and asking if I saw the shadow people. I began to cry too, and we talked about them. I told her that they couldn't hurt her. They were just memories playing on repeat, like a movie. I let her tell me about the footsteps and the tall man in the hall. It was a huge relief to know that someone else saw them too, and it was a beautiful moment of bonding between us. It's been more than 15 years since I moved out of that house. 13 years for her. Her night terror stopped as soon as she moved out. But I've still never had the nerve to ask her if she saw the backwards creatures too. Okay, you need to call animal control. That. <laughs> Whoa. Mm-mm. Yeah. I knew that story was going to bother you because of the whole backward legs and eyes missing thing. You mm. hate stuff like that. Mm-mm. It almost sounds kind of like a, not a chubacabra, but... Um, I thought chubacabra too. I was thinking more like a, like a skinwalker thing or nah. something. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, yeah, we're nope. not supposed to talk about that. Let's wrap up this edition with uh, something that's really not as much scary as it is humorous. When I was a kid, I went to a convent school in the heart of the countryside. And wedged between the school and the convent proper, there was a little cottage where the old couple had a very sleek and shiny black Labrador, which we used to take on school walks with us. Now, the nuns called this dog Satin, but the dog's actual name was Satan, which obviously the old couple thought was hilarious. Um, And he was a bit of an escape artist. So sometimes you could hear pupils running through the school shouting, Satan's on the loose! Satan's loose! Now I look back on it, it was most amusing. Satan's on the loose. (laughs) (laughs) Driving by an ice cream shop and he starts to whimper and you're like, not today, Satan. Not today, Satan, no. (laughs) Uh, Hang on just a second. I'll be right with you. I'm I'm rubbing Satan's belly, which normally would would probably end up being the title of this episode, but but not not in this case. Um, Great stories this year. We we still have a ton that we haven't got to, so I'm going to try to put together a volume two bonus episode. Uh, and uh, drop that on Saturday. Hopefully, uh, don't want to, I guess we have to at this point now that I've Yes, you just yeah. said it, All so right. now we have to. Okay, well, we'll see you next time then. Until then, keep flying that spooky freak flag. Fly it proudly, you spooky freak. And so, let it be known that the box of oddities belongs to you, and its fate is in your hands. Therefore, it's been requested by those to whom I report to beseech you for assistance. We ask but one thing of you, to provide a five-star rating and a positive review. True, 
That is two things. However, tis merely a five-star rating and a positive review. Also, subscribe to us. Okay, so three things is all we ask. Three things and three things only. Henceforth, the Box of Oddities commits to the telling of stories. Stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. TheBoxOfOddities.com Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. Hello everyone, it's here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. Do you love history but hate when it's stuffy and boring? Well, look no further and join me, Katie Charlewood, your friend the neighborhood social scientist and reader of books, as I delve into unsolved historical mysteries, murders by gaslight, and of course, women who have been misrepresented through all time. On Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.